welcome my beauty partners to this Global Beauty Tech Master Series. I'm Alice, the founder and the CEO of uh, Perfect Corp. We are excited to bring you an inside look into the future of beauty tech and how it can benefit the digital transformation for brands. It is our pleasure to host you on this five-part leadership series to help you excel as a beauty tech master and propel your business through strategic digital-first solutions. Step into the future of beauty innovation with me. Welcome to join the Global Beauty Tech Master Series. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of uh, Perfect Course uh, Global Beauty Tech Forum Master Series 2. Uh, today is also a very special um, South by Southwest edition of a Master Series. I'm your host, Wang Liu, I'm General Manager and the Senior Vice President of Perfect Corp. Welcome everyone again. So in the last episode, we talked about AI power, personalized skin diagnostic and recommendation technology. And then we briefly touched uh, the consumer engagement. And then in this uh, episode, we will take a deep dive into the, this topic. Which, believe, which I believe our audience will be very interested to learn about the creative new way brands are driving the consumer engagement and loyalty with the beauty tech. And today, we are very happy to have uh, Angelica Monsang, Global Chief Digital Officer at the Shiseido to join us to share her insight about the consumer engagement from the major brands uh, uh, perspective. Okay. Welcome, Angelica. Thank you, Wayne, for having me, and thank you, uh, Perfect Core, for the invite. Okay, so um, let me just uh, give you an introduction of uh, Angelica. Angelica is the Global Chief uh, Digital Officer at the Shiseido Group. So she oversees the enterprise-wide strategy across in consumer beauty technology, data management, e-commerce, uh, consumer engagement and digital workforce transformation. In her role, Angelica strives to create a collaborative, data-driven approach to designate product and service to accelerate uh, Shiseido's ability to adapt to changing customer demand and the market force. And Angelica actually is an award-winning global digital marketer and e-commerce executive. You're probably very familiar with uh, uh, Angelica. She gets the award um, regularly. So Angelica leads, creates, and builds digital fit global company by comprehensively integrate business model and, and then the realization of the brand. Okay, so and then she also launched hundreds of a global DTC e-commerce site, including a prestige beauty online boutique on China's Tmall. And then uh, Angelica also has a, a executive management role at the company, including SCLAU the company. Uh, fast retailing and the BMG music. And Jacob served as an advisory board member on several companies and was recognized as one of a brand's uh, innovators' top 50 women to watch. And she also is a uh, um, South by Southwest as a Valente Award. Okay. She is a frequent speaker at the CEW Brand Innovator South by Southwest, like we do today, and the Dreamforce in uh, conference. Again, welcome and thank you, Angelica, for joining us. 
Thank you so much, Wayne. Okay. So uh, before we get into uh, Angelica, I'll probably spend like a 10 minutes talk about a little bit about um, consumer engagement from beauty tech, perfect cause perspective. Then we'll have a, a fireside chat with uh, Angelica. Okay. So first, I'll, I'll give you a quick introduction of a perfect call, if you don't know the perfect call. So basically, um, we found in 2015, it's almost, uh, it's almost six years, you know, about um, two months, we're getting to six years. We are focused on uh, beauty tech development. We have about 300 people uh, in 15 cities, 11 countries. We serve our global customer. So we, we have a two uh, live of business. One is a B2C, which you pretty, you pretty much know we have a you can make up and you can perfect that the, the these two apps collectively will have about more than 900 million download uh, globally and then we also have a b2b business we serve over 300 brand partner globally um, and we uh, package our technology and license as a SaaS model we are also highly decorated uh, we win 2020 time magazine's 100 best uh, innovation company and then also two two row, two two years in a row we win Alison Award and then the the CES uh, uh, CW lots of award okay and we serve uh, three hundred brands including uh, Shiseido's brand like Nars Laura Mercier Sabir Mineral and others we collectively we have about like a ten billion tri AR trial per year probably more than that now okay so we have about more than two hundred thousand product digitalized in our database ready for brand to use and the retailer. As I said, we serve uh, a global customer. Um, I'm here running the, the American business and we also headquarters in Taiwan who develop all these uh, uh, you know, amazing product, technology product. And then we have a uh, office across uh, Asia and Asia, uh, Europe. So let's talk about engagement. By the Webster uh, dictionary, you know, we have a couple of a definition of engagement. This one probably is the one which we familiar with, emotional involvement or commitment. So that's engagement. So we like to have an emotional involved with our customer, and then we like our customer to commit. There's something which we don't like, but if you didn't make it right, it's easily turned into a hostile encounter between military forces, okay? so. Engagement, we think about positive part. However, if you didn't make it right, it can turn you down. It can be pretty bad, okay? So today we will talk about customer engagement, especially from a technology, beauty tech perspective. Okay, let's talk about, because we want to engage with someone, we have to understand their expectation. So what's the modern customer? We are talking about modern customer, uh, millennials, Gen Z and all type of new generation of customer. What do they want? First, treat me like a human. They are not numbers. They are not cookie cutters. You have to treat it like a human, as we always say, um, demographic of one. One person, very special. And then they want you to respond them quickly. See, if you like a, send an email, which they say, I already uh, tweet you like a couple of minutes ago, email is slow and you have to be consistent cross channel okay? because they may do in the online and then they may just stop left somewhere 
and then go to your um, your app, and then maybe later they call your customer um, uh, the, the service. So you have to make sure you present cross the channel with a consistent experience. And then important, very important, not just uh, sell me your product, tell me what you stand for, your company's belief, what's your um, vision, tell me. If I'm with you, I commit. If I'm not, then I turn, probably not a hustle, but I'll turn away. Speak about my passion and my pain. Not just sell your, my, uh, not just sell me your product. You have to understand my passion, like uh, the passion about lipstick, the passion about getting the uh, skin routine, and my pain point case, where I like a uh, have a uh, difficulty when I doing the makeup. Can you tell me? You know, it's, I'm not just like uh, watch a video. You have to tell me based on my face, my face attribute. Tell me, and then. I'm okay to give you the data. Okay, so it's fine. However, what do I get? How are you going to use my data? Are you make my life easier? Are you going to turn my data and sell them to somebody else? I have to understand the value of a privacy data and what do I get? And lastly, of course, you have to reward, reward me for loyalty, okay? Because I'm with you, I commit. It's not just an action just to buy something, I commit with you. You are in my journey. So by understand customer's expectation, what's the implication for the brand? Of course, we have to have a personalized customer interaction because we need to treat people like a human, not just a number, personalized. For example, virtual trial, right? And then for example, you give you a personalized uh, the, the skin routine recommendation. And you have to create meaningful and relevant content, right? So if I'm searching virtual makeup, you have to know if I'm a consumer search for virtual makeup or I'm a brand or retailer search for um, the, the virtual makeup, everybody has a different purpose. So you have to create meaningful and then relevant content. And then you have to reduce the latency of response. As I said, you know, uh, probably the attention for the Gen Z is like a five second. If in five seconds you cannot respond to them, you're gone. And then the uh, breakdown the organization silos, um, when you do marketing, trying to sell me something. And then when you are the sales people engage with me and your consumer customer in um, service, uh, the department engage with me, the same person, that's me. I'm not like a marketing person. I'm not the marketing, I'm not the sales when, I'm not service when. So I'm the same person, okay? Treat me as the same person. Don't give me all this silo because I don't know your silo in your, in your organization. Of course, omnichannel, as I said, because right now shopping is not an action, it's a process. It can happen anytime, anywhere, and anyway. And then, uh, of course, you have to keep on innovating because uh, I have a desire to move on. Then you need to feel, the brand need to feel my desire and by doing the innovation. innovation. Of course, and then uh, you have to, you, the brand need to be trust and then transparency, that's really the prior priority, okay? As I said, the data, right? You have to be transparent. How are you going to use my data? Uh, how did you protect my privacy? And then how can I trust you as a brand? What's your belief? So from brand's perspective, you need to tell the customer all about this. Then, 
So we understand customer engagement, customer expectation, we understand the implication of a brand. Then how can beauty tech help the brand, especially the beauty brand, to fulfill customer's expectation and then engage with customer? Okay, so let's talk about, uh, from business perspe perspective, we always talk about ROI, return of investment. However, from customer's uh, perspective, they don't care about your return of investment. They care about their return of engagement. Because they engage. There are many, many different ways to engage at this particular moment. I'm going to, am I going to read your, um, your blog? Or I spend time to watch your YouTube video. Or I spend time to reply, to put comment on your um, Instagram or I retweet your, uh, your, your message. So at this moment, I need to, as a customer, I need to make a, a decision, which, what, and how do I engage with you? Because then what's my return? Okay, so we look at the return of engagement from customer's perspective from five different values. First, customer looking for information. If you provide them lots of information, which they need, of course, relevant, they will engage with you. They, they decide, okay, at this particular moment, I engage with you. So virtual trial or shade matching or shade matching and skin diagnosis, personalized recommendation stimulation, definitely, and then also the virtual consultation from the BA, definitely provide the information because we tell you what your skin look like. We tell you what's your shade. We tell you which product, lipsticks, or look make you looks the best in, certain, in, uh, in this uh, occasion. And customer looking for convenience value, they want to find something which can help them, of course, like the virtual try-on, shade matching, and the skin. They also find the social value because, uh, see, the social value is really how can you make them famous? How can you make them shine in their Instagram? How can you create a interesting help them to create an interesting video in TikTok. So they're looking for social value. If you can fulfill them a social value, they will engage with you. And also entertainment because it's fun. Like uh, we, we talk about shoppertainment in our first episode. Customer looking something fun, gamification, entertaining, make it funny, make me happy. So if I try your virtual try-on, um, you know, get a, a great look, and then I find the, the best uh, shade matching, and then I can post in the in the social media. Make me fun. Uh, so that that really is, is, is entertaining. So if you can make make things fun, make me happy, I will engage with you. And last one, you have to inspire me, because you tell me what the future look like by by telling me why the the simulation, right? So if I engage you with you. If I use your skin product, what would I look like in the future? You have to inspire me, okay? So, and then you tell me that's uh, the, the matching and then the recommendation, what will that look like in the future? And then we have this uh, BA, virtual BA to engage. So if you can tell me if your BA can, can uh, interact with me, can engage and then understand my routine, understand what I look like, and give me some perspective of the future. 
which inspire me, then I will decide to engage with you. So if a brand can fulfill customers' uh, ROI, their ROI is their ROE, then you can fulfill your ROI. So we always think of that. And then the beauty tech definitely can help you from all aspects of the ROI. Okay, and then, you know, quickly, we know this is a beauty tag. We talk about this uh, in the several times, you know, you can use it, understand that, you know, because we use AI uh, face diagonals, we understand you, we can give you a true personalized um, experience. And then we engage you in the omni-channel, doesn't matter online, offline, app, even in some special uh, platform, for example, Google, uh, Snap, or in China, Team or WeChat. Um, we can all engage with your customer in the many innovative way. Okay, and then the most important thing is today, if you want to get some takeaway, this one do works. You know, if you can, you can go to our website and check lots of the success of, of the story with the ROI. Uh, if you implement this uh, beauty tag, you engage with customer, you fulfill their return of engagement, you get high conversion, you get their stand. Um, longer time on your website. You get their digital engagement 300%. And then not even mention like, uh, you know, the revenue, okay? So I, I'll just uh, spend, let's say like uh, 10 minutes to open up, give you some perspective about customers in uh, expectation, engagement, and how brand can fulfill that. And also how can you use the beauty tech to um, uh, to fulfill customers, uh, the, the their expectation, okay? So that's pretty much my part. And then I will have uh, uh, Angelica to join me to have a fireside chat. We will give a, a more deep look into that engagement from a global brand's perspective. Okay. So hi, Angelica. Um, mm -hmm. Again, um, nice to have you here. Uh, thank you for joining us today. And then, so I guess uh, I have a tons of questions uh, regarding uh, customer engagement because you are in the, I think the best position to answer that. You have a, like a 360 view from the brand perspective and you are global, you have a many brands, you go into many category and you have a very diversified of a customer. So that's why let's start with a, a very high level question. First, I'd like to ask you on a very high level, what do you think the future of a beauty look like? And what impact will AR, AI, all this beauty technology have uh, on this industry? Thanks, Wayne, again, for having me. And um, I do have a, a bird's eye view into the beauty category across fragrance, uh, makeup, and skincare. My, my job um, affords me the benefit to work with so many brands. We have over 40 brands in our portfolio and we sell in over 120 countries. Um, so really working with different diverse brands across the portfolio has given me a very interesting perspective. And, um, you know, your question is, is, is one that I've been pondering since you posed it to me a few days ago. You know, COVID, where we are now, gave rise to this very digitally powered stay-at-home economy. And it's really hyper-accelerated all the consumer behaviors and habit shifts across multiple activities. So you just can't take beauty on its own. You have to look at the entire 
zeitgeist of what people are experiencing. So beyond social commerce, there's food and online grocery, there's virtual fitness, um, live streaming, gaming, school, which I can tell you a lot about because I have two teenagers at home that are doing that full time, and also experiencing this, this virtual meeting and the way that we, we conduct business together. So that accelerated shift into all these digital channels creates essentially this, this new experience. And in retail, we call it the new retail world order. And you know, with these consumer habits, these expectations of shifting to digital, this legacy retail model, it saw seismic change. And we're seeing that in you know, Europe, we're seeing that in Asia, we're seeing that in the US. And it forces us to rethink how do we sell, how do we service, and how do we continue to adapt and also adapt our teams. So we saw tons of AR and AI um, in 2020, and we see it now in 2021, brought to the forefront because of these industry changes. And the selling model, the distribution model has really changed. Um, again, it's been transformative for everyone. And in addition to that, the consumer behavior is this behavioral reset. People are more safety obsessed, you know, more hygienic. They're demanding more convenience than ever because, you know, they can order something and it can be at their home in an hour. Um, and we're seeing that a lot in Asia in terms of last mile fulfillment. So AI and AR amongst, they're just amongst a few of the digital technologies in our category that essentially kept our economy going. So, you know, in the beginning, it really serviced the consumer who couldn't be in store, but now it's becoming clear that it's really table stakes for our makeup artists, for our beauty consultants. And it has to be in that toolkit ongoing to empower them, to help guide them and service their clients, um, which otherwise wouldn't be as, uh, as, as uh, fruitful or effective. So sometimes there's a little bit of apprehension we see, like with AI and AR taking jobs away or, or you know, uh, uh, changing the way we work. But ultimately what we see is that human touch and that service, that spirit, it can never be replaced. Um, so these are tools and enablers that just augment that human touch within the digital channel and also in store. And it's, again, been critical for us in the future of work in beauty. So, you know, AR works to apply makeup to customers long distance, and then AI can work to diagnose customer skin over a video consultation. Um, and then all of that can be brought into the store once um, things start opening up. hope they do soon. Well, thank you. That's a, a great information and then uh, give a lot of uh, insight uh, from the, the, your brand perspective. Okay, so you, you briefly mentioned about this period of time. It's very special. So let's talk a little bit uh, special uh, focus on this uh, the pandemic. So how the, the smart technology we talk about, not only AR, AI, but in general, the smart beauty tech technology helps, she said, though, during this pandemic. Because she said, though, you know, we know it's global and then different area, different region has a different impact from the pandemic of course we see we are in the end of the tunnel the hope is coming but lots of things which we learn from the pandemic definitely will help us to like carry on so can you share a little bit about, about this yeah thanks that's a great question um so i've been able to see and witness you know as as one section of the globe um opens up 
and brick and mortar is opening up again, but digital is still going. And then other sections of the globe where things are still still closed physically and digital is still a big weight. So we see the technologies, you know, fundamentally apply across all of those scenarios and then others a little bit more experimental because because more channels are, are, are live. So with Shiseido and all the brands that we have in our portfolio, we're really utilizing and experimenting with tech in different ways. AR and AI, to your point, are, are just a few of the technologies that's transforming, but we also use others like video counseling, live stream, um, empowering customer service, and utilizing our e-commerce that's in the cloud, and how does that tie into looking at our data and then servicing our customers in CRM and customer service. So the combination of that tech stack is what really is going to drive success, and I would say that change management and educating everyone how to use these tools and how to be data literate and digital literate. We also run the Digital Academy within Shiseido. We have over 7,000 students you know, from across all of our um, categories and, and functions taking classes to become more data and digital literate. So it's also how to use these tools. Um, you know, For example, shade matching for foundation is done through AR and you guys help power that on many of our brands. But we also use um, a declared data questionnaire. So kind of a fun way that you can input information without necessarily having to scan your face. That information though is, is then fed into an AI engine. And that then gives recommendations. So again, it's a combination of all of these technologies together to get you know, back to what you said, and I love that, is the ROE, is the return on engagement. So can you make an engagement? Can you make it frictionless? Um, and you know, if you take this one step further, with all of this data being generated, you know, you're feeding that into an AI model that then, again, can empower the beauty consultant or makeup artist. And that knowledge you know, can give her some type of, or him, predictability around product recommendations. And it's smart, smarter clientele and what we'll call like the black book of the future. How can we create that and make it easy and accessible? Um, so again, tools like this, it opens up a whole new world of access and reach that our beauty consultants hadn't had before. Um, and before you, you know, you have a counter, you could count on that foot traffic and hopefully that will return. But now it's the audience you can build beyond the counter um, and from afar and, you know, really online meets offline. Um, so by definition, those beauty consultants, those makeup artists, they have become micro influencers. And that's a real public face to your brand. And again, if you can empower her or him create advocacy, create that love, then that ROE uh, it really is organic. Um, so really 2021 is going to be the year of the Empowered Beauty Consultant. Yeah, so that's that's good. Uh, thank you for sharing that because I know uh, we don't expect, uh, we don't want another pandemic to hit us. However, what we learned, as you said, is lots of experiment which we did in during the pandemic definitely carry on and we can learn from that. So that's a very, very good experience. Okay, then we go to a little bit more specific, talk about cons uh, customer engagement because that's today's topic. So then uh, the follow question is, uh, how has that integration of uh, AR, AI, and then all this uh, smart technology help to drive the, the consumer, the customer engagement? You know, for, for us, we've seen, you know, um, and we'll go through some specific examples of, of how we're using PerfectCorp's uh, tools, but it's about engagement, it's about spending time and learning about the brand. But I think on a macro level, what I would say is that 
first of all, AR is fun, you know, and beauty is fundamentally fun. Um, so AR is just naturally going to be an outlet for that infotainment. Um, you know, the new normal, we like to see is like, we live our lives in front of the camera. We're in front of the camera right now. Um, and you know, I have two teenagers, I have a 15 and a 16 year old, and they live their life in that infotainment uh, area, you know, whether they're on Snapchat, on TikTok, somebody was on Twitch or Discord and they're, they're streaming themselves. So again, social AR isn't going to go anywhere. And when we look, you know, back to your earlier slide, looking at Gen Z, you know, we're seeing across all demographics, something like over 1.7 billion people are using AR in some form or fashion around the globe. And 80% is the last stat that I, that I had um, when I was reading, uh, preparing for this talk is that 80% of Gen Z and 40% of millennials value and want to be involved in co-creation with brands. So how do you use AR and, AR to, AR and AI to help with that co-creation? Um, because we're seeing you know, users spending 75 seconds on average engaging with an AR lens compared to typically like 15 to 30 seconds just watching an Instagram story. So you know, as you partake in it versus being a voyeur, that's, that's the key. Um, you know, the other thing is, is, you know, when we talk about ROE, it does translate into conversion because 55% of consumers have bought something online after discovering it via social media, you know, that's spurned on by some type of technology like AR or AI. And I would tell you through, throughout COVID, I bought a lot of things, you know, on my Instagram feed. Um, they're still coming in now. Uh, so so I, I do think, you know, con consumer engagement and the integration of these technologies just brings you, you know, a step closer to the brand, and it brings the brand a step closer to the consumer. Yes, yes, I'm I'm totally with you because my son is uh, is like 15 years old, so uh, he's on Discord all the time. He may have a Zoom fatigue, but he never had a fatigue on Discord or <laughs> Instagram. So that's why you know, engage with all the Gen Z um, on the digital smart technology is definitely a, is a must for the brand. I think they should have using Discord, by the way, not not Zoom. Yes. Um, so let's talk about um, we call this uh, previous. There's a lot of uh, terminology. You, you know, it's uh, O2O, right? Previously, early, and then oh, people talk about offline, online. But right now, it's omni-channel and transmedia, all kinds of things. But we talk about you know the in-store and the online experience. So, have you seen a change in a way? Uh, the brand connect with uh, a customer both in store and online yeah every day um you know that i would say leveraging the online meets offline so omo or o plus o new retail model you know you have to balance demonstration personalization you have to balance guided discovery um, all within the safety realm now, right? Contactless. Um, so people are staying at home and when they do go into the store, you know, they want, they want to know that it's been sanitized, it's clean, it's safe. So, but they still want to connect and we have to find a way that allows us, you know, and provides us the opportunity for uh, uh, still entertainment, um, but knowing our products and creating a safe environment. You know, we did something interesting this this July. It's, it was actually, you know, just 2020, July, we, we opened up our, we redid our Ginza store um, and Shiseido, Clay de Poe, there's a lot of brands that we sell there. And um, it's the Shiseido flagship store now in Ginza is a store that's a stage. And that has been a very interesting learning for us, and it's been very well received by our consumers. Okay, so um, 
let's uh, uh, let's bring our customer, uh, the audience, into uh, Ginza, Tokyo, and then let's take a look at this uh, the store. So we will play. Amazing. Thank you. It's a, it's a more like a beauty lovers uh, theme park, uh, the Wonderland. And then I would say it's also very uh, brave move, like open this kind of uh, store during the pandemic. You know, even the, the Olympic, they suspend, but uh, you know, they did, they postpone, but uh, you know, you open this one. So um, can you talk more about this, uh, the background of this uh, store? Because I, I believe there's definitely lots of uh, personalized, uh, interactive and uh, customer shopping experience. So give me, give us a, a, a more insight about this uh, store. The, um, the Shiseido uh, team, the, the brand team, Shiseido Ginza Tokyo, really looked at you know turning a physical store into this flagship store into an experience. So the store itself is designed in the image of a Japanese garden. And it's every floor has a different function and a different feeling. Um, you know, the first floor, it's you can find the products you like with testers that are very safe. Um, that you can do on your own. So there's a lot of virtual try-on and mirrors, um, and it's very much throughout the um, protocol uh, to make sure, you know, obviously COVID-19 is not spreading. And it's by appointment now only. So then you, you are guided there and you can be on your own, use technology to help you guide and find the right products depending on your, 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 your problem situation or just discovery. On the second floor, there's a bring out your beauty with the professional touch. So technology helping BAs help their customers. 
Um, the, uh, and there's actually a basement floor and it's a space to reset and reset your heart and body. And you saw those pods there. So it's really about beauty beyond just, you know, color and, and skincare. It's about mind and body connection and ways in which we could offer that experience to a consumer. And then, you know, there, you saw the wristbands. So there's something called S connect that is just gives you a smoother shopping experience that you can you know transact again you know very frictionlessly learn about products um unlock opportunities within the store with the s connect wristband and you know what's interesting at the store as well there's a lot of exclusive products that you can only get when you go to the store so there's a, a, a like six recommended chisado products there's an ultimune all red bottle which is a collector's item there's the opportunity to engrave your lipstick um, and it's really that um, what we call, uh, you know, in, in um, Shiseido and it's Japanese hospitality, it's omotenashi. So taking it to that step further and even the gift wrapping. So, you know, it's the use of technology, but it's really um, very much, you know, the art of Shiseido and the hospitality of Shiseido. And again, using technology as an enabler to tell the story and to help the consumer. Um, so it's it's um, been a, an interesting and a, a very fruitful uh, launch for the brand, and they continue to learn from it. Well, I believe um, most of the audience probably thinking the same thing as I'm thinking now. I need to get my vaccine and fly to Tokyo, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, try to try this. Uh, it, it's Although you know, I, I'm I usually I didn't wear, wear makeup, but really I like to go there and take a look at it. Okay. Come in. Okay. Come into the mind pod. Yes, yes, yeah. To experience experience this uh, Japanese garden kind of uh, spirit. Okay, so um, let's uh, shift uh, to uh, to US. Okay, um, NARS, which is one of your, you know, the brand, and then which is our customer. Uh, in a, in the North America, we work very closely with NARS. Okay, um, can you tell us some more about NARS experience, um, especially um, in um, some of the virtual try-on, and then you, you mentioned about they are using the AI shape finder, which they call Matchmaker. Can you talk a little more about that? Yes, um, NARS, as you know, is one of our, our most innovative brands, is a very digital first brand, and the team there, led by Barbara Kalgani, the brand president, um, wanted to partner with Perfect Core using virtual try-on. So virtual try-on is live in stores. So using about uh, your uh, virtual try-on product, it, it's, I believe it's live in over 30 markets. And it really provides in the store a contactless experience. So it's powering lips and brows. Um, those are the most uh, tried categories. And on the web, um, it is uh, launched across globally. So I believe it's in Japan. There are eight sites in the rest of Asia. We have eight sites in EMEA and the US on web. So it's cheeks, lips, and eyes. And really in the US, what they're seeing is an increase in conversion when people interact with web virtual try-on versus non-users. So the engagement metrics are very high. Again, conversion we're seeing, uh, and also link sell. So using virtual try-on to, to engage a consumer regarding a product, but then you know it's a springboard for uh, other um, opportunities for them to discover the brand. Uh, and the team did a wonderful job integrating this both in the store 
and online and it's very much on brand and then on the web there's matchmaker so you you your team helped the nars group launch this and it is really a very innovative foundation uh, shade finder and um this is uh, globally on the websites and soon there's going to be integration with retail partners. The pain point it was trying to solve was, you know, there's over 120 SKUs for the found in the foundation lineup. So how do you know which one is right for you? Um, you know, looking at the metrics, you know, Matchmaker, it's one of the brands, you know, top most visited pages, and the conversion rate is higher than average. So again, how do we you use a tool and create an experience that's both uh, fun, engaging, and effective, and that you're you're looking at improving it constantly by looking at the data and seeing where there might be a friction point and working with a, a partner such as Perfect Court to continuously improve it. Hey, thank you. Um, yeah, so NARS experience is uh, is really a great one, and then uh, we. Uh, you know, NARS, uh, we highly appreciate that, uh, the partnership, and then we continue to work with NARS, especially on the matchmaking, uh, matchmaking the, the product, which we really spend lots of time to get the, to get the shape right. Okay, that's a process, you know, back and forth with the help of AI, and then the, the algorithm, then it's lots of iteration. So it's really like, a, I'll say it's a, it's a great experience, and then they're very happy to see that uh, you have a high engagement and the ROI. So as I, um, you know, I, I like to continue to talk to you, I'll probably spend the whole day with you. Um, however, you know, we have a, a limited of time. So I guess uh, we probably wrap up our chat with uh, the final question from me, which is uh, more like, a, uh, again, high level. We talk about, we talk about omni-channel, we talk about smart technology, we talk about consumer engagement. So can you, um, it's probably it's more like a give a, advice or any uh, suggestion to uh, to our audience I, I think I, I know um, our audience coming from brand like a, can be an indie brand can be an enterprise and can be a beauty driven and can be a CPG brand so uh, given the the omni channel present necessary in today's uh, digital connect world how can a brand uh, better connect with the customer online offline to create a seamless omni channel uh, strategy you know, while omni-channel, you know, it's the buzzword of our times, um, you know, at the basic, and th this is going to be foundational, I think, for many people on, on the line, it's it, the reality, it's the expectations by uh, a consumer. And so it always starts with the CDJ, the consumer decision journey. So my advice is to plot out what that potential CDJ looks like. And I say potential because as you see, there's always new channels. There's always new 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 opportunities in media that pop up. So being thoughtful about what those touch points are and what the intent, what's the role of that touch point in that journey? And where there's friction, how do you think about how can technology like AR, uh, AI, how can it solve for that friction, that pain point? And maybe if something is working great, how can you know technology enable that to even be better? Um, so from there, fundamentally, it's about making sure that no matter what channel, and whether it's through interacting with a human being versus a chatbot, that we show that we know the customer, and you know also personalizing either by name or their preference or being smarter about the recommendations. So on the channel servicing, as you know, it can be an undertaking 
And while it can never be perfect, I think you, you have to start somewhere and it starts with the CDJ. Um, I also think the second thing is having a robust data strategy. So data, again, as you said in the beginning, it's, it's a foundational piece and the key differentiator for any business operating in today's marketplace. Obviously, you have to be custodians of that data, you have to be guardians of that data, you have to be respectful of her data, and you have to get the opt-in for that and understand what the market um, guidelines are. Um, but when you show that you are a, a guardian and you're responsible and you're, you're giving value for understanding her data, um, that then exchange and that commitment happens. So again, having a robust data strategy, but then you also have an infrastructure that's in place to process that data is very, very important. So more data doesn't always mean that you're gonna get more effectiveness or value, but you have to, again, effectively ingest it, you have to monitor it, you have to analyze it, you have to act on the right data that can fuel a new insight to deliver a more meaningful innovation in the omnichannel journey. Um, you know, and that's best accomplished by having a platform approach in which data can be brought together um, to break down the different data silos and, and provide a brand greater visibility into, into that view. So that data, you know, as you know, in your business, it's constantly talking, it's constantly being augmented, it's a living, breathing organism. So you have to, you know, set up a way to listen for it across the enterprise. Um, and again, you know, I said this earlier, but it requires really a legacy, a shift in mindset sometimes, you know, the, the, the cultural shift from thinking about um, data, but in, instead of being static, really living and organic. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, these insights enable us um, through using AI as automation wherever possible to process this data very quickly, get insights from it, and then create actions. Um, you know, Chiseta, we, we are a cloud-based, uh, we use cloud-based uh, consumer data in terms of our platform. We sync this with other information that, that we respectfully collect throughout the different touch points. So my advice is, you know, how do you, again, Think about the CDJ um, very robustly and the way that things are changing. Um, how do you think about your data strategy, including you know, centralizing your first party data, allowing things like your customer service agents to provide a better customer experience through that? How do you use this data to inform product recommendations? How do you use this data to help inform maybe not digital frontline employees, but people in supply chain or product development? Um, and from that, it really becomes an enterprise um, effort. Um, and lastly, I think that you know the 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 important thing for a consumer is to feel respected, and that again, you're utilizing everything you're learning about her to to create a relevant and personalized experience. Okay, well, amazing. So that's a uh, um, that's that's great um, suggestion. And then for the our audience, um, um, we uh, let's uh, open the. Uh, the, the time for the audience to answer a question because we, we see lots of questions coming. So I picked the first one, which is very practical. It's interesting. He, uh, I, I believe it's a, it's a she. She says, uh, um, we, I own a brand, small brand, only have a website, trying to get to in-store. We don't have a resource, as she said, oh, what's your recommendation for me to just do one thing, if I can only do one thing right, using digital engage with the customer, what should I do? 
You know, the way I would look at it, uh, I would say is her digital flagship is the is her website. And yes. and I think that when you think about that as your flagship, you know, you're thinking about connecting the different, you know, social media as a, as a, as an outpost to that. You know, how are you creating content, organic content that you can you that's liquid that you can, you know, pulse out on YouTube. And and so I would map out again the consumer decision journey depending on what her category is. Um, where those touch points could be, you know, because I think look at what you have and how you can maximize that, you know, because getting getting into a gondola in store might not be the right place to put your bets right now. And I would look again at the data, at the type of demographic, the type of category, map out your CDJ and say, okay, we're all in on this website, but then again, how can we utilize social media, organic ways, um, you know, SEO to really drive more awareness, you know, where the consumer might be typing something in, you know, problem solution and, and you're tagging your website accordingly. So I would hyper focus on what you do have now and, and, and really analyze your, your, your CDJ. Okay, great. Thank you. And then the next question, I said, we have a variety of a different audience. I believe this one is more like a data scientist. So what he says uh, is, uh, he asks, what's the difference in between the regular e-commerce data compared to the AR slash AI data, which you analyze? You know, with e-commerce data, you know, many of us know it's, it's structured data. So you have the, the typical um, transactional data, what somebody bought. Um, you, you know, respectfully have PII and non-PII data. So you have, you know, name, address, et cetera. And so they're the more utilitarian logistical data, but there's also on the website, you're looking at behavioral data. So there's explicit and implicit data that you could have. You know, AR and AI, um, I would say AI is also built into some of the cloud technologies for e-commerce. So you're using AI in terms of that machine learning of ne next best action. If somebody continuously buys, you know, soap, you know, is it at the right moment in time through the algorithm and the machine learning and looking at what other people bought that it's now time to upsell them a toner, right? So AI is built into the platform. I think with, with, with VTO and augmented reality, um, the opportunity is how do you, again, have a single source of truth and understand what the consumer is doing in that structured way and, and the way that we're collecting already data. And then make sure you have a parent and child you know, relationship with the data that you're collecting in terms of what they're doing in that augmented reality. And how do we work with companies such as Perfect on bringing that data together? And then how do you take that and create a much more robust profile and almost become much more proactive in reaching out to her utilizing structured, unstructured data, implicit, explicit data. So there are different data sets, but I think the key is how do you tie it all together um, and make sense of that through insights and then through user experience design, what is it that's really going to be a differentiation point to her? Yes, I, I echo that part because I, I think, um, especially for the AR try-on, it's a behavior because uh, usually, you know, if a customer try this uh, sample at the store, the BA, beauty advisor can watch them and then uh, get some advice, interactive, the, the behavior. However, you know, in the, in the website or e-commerce, usually you don't have that kind of opportunity, but uh, applying the AR, you do see the behavior of customer, who, what they are trying and then what's their preference and then they go back and forth, probably it's not a, a one direction, they go here and come back and all kinds of things. So they will be very interested, but uh, it's unstructured data. So we 
probably need to have a more data scientist to analyze it. <laughs> Um, I, I would also add that, I, you know, where I see an untapped potential, and some brands do it better than others, but there's a lot of information and ratings and reviews, and there's a lot of sentiment that one could, um, from a, an ML perspective, really take that ratings and reviews, because people are also giving declared data in terms of where they live, you know, their age, and they're opting in to give this to you. And I think there's patterns in that data and looking at ratings and reviews, I think that we could also put into this mix, um, you know, to, to, to service the customers actually in a more personalized fashion. Okay. Um, so we probably have a time for two questions. Um, I'll pick uh, the, the, this one. So this one is, uh, as always, you know, every time we have this, um, the master series, we, we always have that question is, uh, that the audience want to know, um, how did you protect your users' data, especially for the, uh, the beauty you are dealing with face? photo so because that probably is more like a, a data privacy and the photo and then the all this identity kind of uh, protection so you know right now with the type of technologies that we're utilizing we're not collecting photo um it is you know an, an opt-in in terms of email opt-in kind of the basics there um you're you're logging in and you're accepting the terms and conditions of the website we work very, very diligently with any type of third-party third vendor, and I would give this advice to, to all those in brands who are listening, um, ensuring that any kind of MSA or any kind of contract, we are protected you know, end-to-end -end in terms of when we choose a vendor, and we use that as a criteria for choosing vendors in terms of their privacy policy, um, their reputation, et cetera. That's the first thing. The second is that we work very closely with our legal team uh, because each, and, and I'm going to say legal teams globally and then legal teams in each region, because each market, as you, you know, Wayne, is very different uh, sometimes in terms of its, its privacy policy law. You know, China, with what's happening there, even in the U.S., where one state like California is passing a law, and that then will probably happen in the other states. You know, we found that and we experienced it and we had to be ahead of the game when GDPR took uh, in, in EMEA. So I think you always have to, A, be very, very conscious of the third-party vendors that you're partnering with, that they are their reputation and they also have all of those categories in place and legal uh, contracts in place. You have to make sure that your legal team is equipped uh, to know what the digital landscape looks like and be ahead of the curve. And you have to really also think, as a global company, we have to be very careful to coordinate all of those different market movements um, because it, it's happening very fast and very quick. And I think, you know, we, we talk about data, data, data as other companies do, but with that has to come compliance and a very, very, very strong governance model. Okay, good, uh, great. Thank you for sharing that. So um, data privacy is very important. You know, every time we work with a customer, we need to go through that. The, the different uh, criteria to check, and then they sometimes takes months. So we know how brand, you know, how serious brand is taking care of uh, the customer's data. And then uh, I have a last question. So I have a lot of question here. So for the audience, if if we cannot answer your question um, the, now, uh, please, um, you know, send me send us email, and then later after this uh, session, you will receive a, a survey. So you can put your question there. We'll do our best. We'll, we'll answer. Uh, your question we'll address your 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 question um yeah so the last one i guess i picked this one is uh, more like a forward looking so that one is a pretty 
pretty simple. It says, uh, how do you foresee AI involved in the beauty world? So it's a, it's a good question to, <laughs> to end this session. <laughs> I should ask you, Wayne. <laughs> can you yeah, build I, can, I can give some uh, my my feedback, but please go ahead. You know, I, you know, I, I again, I you know, AI is an enabler, and I think that you know, when we think about beauty and we think about um, what does what does beauty mean, you know, in the future? And at Chiseido, we always talk about beauty innovations for a better world, and I think it's the you know, what's the frontier out there? in terms of beauty and and skincare and and makeup and and that we are really invested in whole body you know what is beauty health and wellness and that's kind of the the skin mind inner wellness connection i think that there's a lot of opportunities um, as we develop that with our brands um, how ai can help really the entire individual and not just something that's just you know um uh, it's, it's beyond skin deep Yes, yeah, so um, I, I think uh, I totally agree with you. AI is an enabler, um, it's a tool, but still I believe human, we need to use them. Um, that the purpose of using AI is very important. But we go back to the customer centric, the, the concept. Okay, so we, do, we use AI because we want to expect, we want to help customer, we want to enhance their experience and everything. We're not just using AI for you, AI right now because I see uh, we have this agent, right? So we can simulate agent with the most like the most advanced AI engine we call GAN, um, Generative Adversive Network. So it's like a two AI engine compete each other and they try to see which one is better. This kind of thing, okay? It's fun to develop that one. But at the end of the day, we need to see how this aging process, simulation, help customer, get them understand um, their routine, so more like a prevention or something. So you, we're not just like a put the AI engine out there and then for fun. So at the end, I say for brand, it's really ROI, and then for the customer, it's ROE. So that's a purpose. So AI serves that purpose. It's AI is not Excel. We are not like an academic doing the research, right? So we do, we run a business. We want to uh, see our customer to be happy. Okay, mm -hmm. So I guess, um, as I say, I want to uh, chat with you for the entire day. However, we only have uh, one hour, but the conversation actually doesn't stop here. As I say, that's a, uh, always on marketing right so we can always in, in touch in a different uh, channel and then the, you know she said though it's always um, you know available for customer to engage any omni-channel offline online okay so um today really appreciate thank you so much angelica I, I know you are super busy so thank you for spending like a hour more than an hour you know plus all the preparation so really appreciate that and looking forward to work with uh, she said brand globally have a more um, you know, fun program activation to serve our common customer. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you everyone who attended this webinar. Hope to connect with you um, at some point. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Perfect Corps Global Beauty Tech Master Series Podcast Edition. Please join us next time for another exciting episode on the future of beauty tech innovation.